but the first one was this just ginormous investment and that was a lot of people from the secret so john d martini um bob proctor mary morrissey i mean you name it they were all there and and so i was thinking coming off of the success of the secret and how this was a just a gazillion dollar movie if i could be associated with these people that would be it that would be everything that i needed and it wasn't Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Lisa Ryan. Lisa, are you ready to rock? I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Of course I'm ready to rock. Oh, yeah. Lisa and I have just been having a, a, a nice long chat about our lives and what she's doing, what I'm doing, but the fact that we both are from Cleveland, Ohio area. I'm from Hudson, and you're in, uh, what did you say, North no, Olms? North Royalton. North Royalton. Okay, got it. All right. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Lisa Ryan is Chief Appreciation Strategist at Gratagi. You'll learn more, I suspect, in this podcast about strategy. She is an award-winning speaker, author of 10 books, including Manufacturing Engagement, and co-star in two inspirational films with personal developed experts you may have heard of. And she's happy to name dropped when asked, and we will be asking. Now, when she's not on stage, you'll find Lisa traveling the world, meeting relatives she discovered on Ancestry.com. Any listeners use that? It's amazing. <laughs> and also reading mystery murder mysteries or catering to the demands of her two very spoiled cats, Simba and Tinkerbell. Please join me in welcoming, ladies and gentlemen, from Cleveland, Ohio, speaker, author, and karaoke rap star, Lisa Ryan. Lisa, <laughs> take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Well, you know, I talk about my very spoiled children, my cats, but I've also been blissfully married to the wonderful Scott Ryan since 1996. Okay, that's, that's something worth cheering about. And um, ladies and gentlemen, you may be noticing that I'm, I'm practicing my announcer voice, so you'll see that today. <laughs> anyway, so now it's time to share your worst investment ever, and since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. I have wanted to be a speaker since 1987 from the very first Dale Carnegie class that I ever taught or that I ever took, but um, I didn't know that speaking was actually a profession. So I always spoke as part of what I did. I was in the welding industry and yes, I do weld. And I did corporate computer training for the guys there that I worked with trying to teach them how to take their display books out of the field and instead use laptops, imagine that. And then I was doing things like oxyacetylene safety training, fascinating. And then I went into healthcare and I was teaching continuing education programs on, um, uh, let's see, what was that? Occupational asthma, latex allergies, hand hygiene, double gloving, you name it. It was, I, I did lots and lots of these. 
And in 2009, I discovered a gratitude practice that I knew that that was the message I was supposed to bring to the world. I mean, I had been doing this practice with some friends. I experienced some benefits. And like I said, I just knew to the core of my being that that was the message that I was supposed to send, that I was supposed to share. So I started just doing some part-time, you know, really part-time free gigs with rotaries and kiwanas and local civic organizations and chambers and stuff. And then when my medical sales position was eliminated via group conference call with 12 of us getting canned at the same time on October 12, 2010, I decided that I was just going to be a speaker. I wasn't going to uh, find another lucrative medical sales job. Of course, it was 2010. So if you think about what the economy was like at that time, probably not the best idea to start a business. And I also thought that my husband would be like, oh, girlfriend, you are going back to work. But what I discovered was that whole concept of happy wife, happy life. And when Scott saw how incredibly happy I was doing something that I absolutely loved, even though I was making no money at it whatsoever, he just went with it and he became my biggest cheerleader. So after the bonuses were done, after the unemployment ran out, and after I had blown through most of my 401k, I decided to start buying what I refer to as buying hope. If I just bought this one, uh, if this one program, if I just worked with this one coach, if I just invested in this one movie. So I was in uh, two movies and they were both what they refer to in the speaking world as pay to play, where you make a substantial investment so you can be alongside people like Jack Canfield, I was in the movie with, John Gray from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and Marcy, Marcy Shimoff, who is in The Secret. Um, that was actually the second movie I was in with a little bit lower investment. But the first one was this just ginormous investment, and that was a lot of people from The Secret. So John Martini, um, Bob Proctor, Mary Morrissey, I mean, you name it, they were all there. And, and so I was thinking coming off of the, the success of The Secret and how this was a, just a gazillion dollar movie, if I could be associated with these people, that would be it. That would be everything that I needed. And it wasn't. Um, I still have hundreds of movies you know, <laughs> um, in boxes in the basement because we know that nobody really watches DVDs anymore. But looking back on it, it was something that, that at the time, I was doing a lot of that kind of investment. My very first book that I was published in was in an anthology. And an anthology, if you're not familiar with the term, it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul, where a lot of people contribute a chapter and it goes into one book. Well, in this particular book, I had the opportunity to co-author a book with Dr. John Martini from The Secret, so I, it was another pay to play. But at least at the end, I got to say I was a published author. And of course, my chapter was the best. The rest of them sucked. But that's beside the point. Um, so that, and that wasn't a huge investment, but it was just, it, it turned into a, um, 
just really, you know, one thing after another that it was, I was always looking for what's that next thing? What's that next thing? What's that next thing to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to interrupt you here and help. Sure. I think the listeners can totally relate and I can too, that there's many times that we're trying to achieve something and it appears like something like this show or this, this attending this seminar or getting this course will do it. And I think the feeling is so strong that it's very natural to say, I'm going to do this. So what's the flaw in that? I'm curious, like, as you look back, so I'm going to, normally this podcast would go, I'm going to ask you what you learn, but I think we just discuss that through the story. Sure. Like, I want to understand, number one, what was the feeling that you were feeling? And obviously, it seems like hope. And then the other thing is, like, why was that misguided? Because there's a listener out there who's just about to spend on that next new program, on that next new course, on that next new thing. How do they know whether this is the right thing to do? That's very hard. Um. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that because the thing is that even with, I, I know this show is the worst investment ever. And honestly, I don't consider any of those horrible investments because even as much money as I spend to be in movies, I was in two movies with John Gray. He was actually in both of them, you know, with Jack Canfield. So in my bio, I can say that. Um, with the coaching that I had. But the thing is that any business that you get into, you have to be in it for a long term. I think the hardest discussion that I ever had, because my husband and I have separate finances, so here's where the big secret comes out. He did not know. He did not know how much trouble I was in because I was trying so hard to be successful and to put on this air of success that I could afford this and I was drowning. I was spending $1,200 a month just in credit card fees in interest and I, I was dying. I was literally, I was scared um, and I didn't know what to do. So Scott came home from work one day and I sat down and I said, um, honey, we need to talk, which is never a good way to start a conversation with a spouse, just so you know. And I had him turn off the television. That was hard. And I, I showed him my Excel spreadsheet with my 17 credit cards on it that were maxed out. And, um, but I had already done some research. I had a banker, uh, a banker reach out to me and he said that he could get me a lower rate on my credit card. I'm like, woohoo, that would be great. He said, well, it's going to be a small, it'll be a loan. And I laughed at him. I'm like, dude, there is no way your bank is going to give me a loan. And he said, let me see what I can do. And he called me back a little while later and he's like, yeah, you're right. We're not touching you. <laughs> so, but what he did is he put together this whole program for me that we could uh, put all my credit card debt into one pile with paying off the house. And so when I went to talk to Scott, that's what I had. And I was able to show him the plan that I had. Now, the funniest part of that whole story, the banker that rescued me, that saved me from financial ruin, his name was Gandhi. 
<laughs> Literally. I was saved by Gandhi. And as soon as that, and the thing, again, when you're looking at any business, it's making the commitment, but also having the supportive spouse. Um, Scott was not happy. I, you know, I, I can tell you that. Nobody but the be. thing is, no. But the thing is, I had a plan. We worked it through, and it was like this financial burden flew off my shoulders, and it was this relief and this release of of still. And now, you know, that was, um, well, I mean, I've been in business for nine years, and I've been, pro it took five years to be profitable. I was taking, I mean, it was thirty and $40,000 losses with, again, because I was investing in so many things. But nine years later, I'm on the other side of that. I had my best year ever last year. I'm often even better start this year. Mm. So when it comes to deciding, um, check out the people. The, the one thing that I, I made, except for the one movie that the guy was, uh, you know, could have been a little bit of a, a shyster, but everybody else was great. I got references. I talked to people. I trusted them. I still pay for coaching, but they're people that I know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm much more conscious because I, I know what it's like to have six figures of credit card debt. And, and now I know what it's like to come out on the other side. So, so, so. then I want to ask you kind of a, a wrap up question. And this has to do with, I mean, I totally agree with you that all of our experiences we learn from, and that's part of the attitude of gratitude, you know, that we appreciate what we've been through. But let's just imagine a young person in the exact same situation you were in then, and we wouldn't want them to go into that amount of debt, but we would understand that they're going to have to invest. It could be time. Right. It could be time and money. You know, it could be marketing. It could be like... And what my question is, is for that person who's in that spot right now listening to this podcast, can you give them some clear one, two, three pieces of advice of what they can do to build up, you know, steadily, like you say, it's long term, rather than go for this big, expensive way of doing it? Well, I can sum it up in three words. Do the work. Do the work. Pick up the phone, do the marketing, don't hire other people to do the work for you. Don't think that some, you're going to press an easy button and somebody else is going to do it for you. Don't let your success be dependent on somebody else working for you. Do the work. Um, if you're starting a business, pick up the phone. How are you going to market? Do your own social media. Do everything yourself so that when you do have the resources to hire somebody or to invest in yourself, then you have already done it and now you can better explain. Hmm. People think, particularly as a speaker, you know, oh, I have a great speech. All I need is great speech and people will hire me. No, they won't. They have no idea who you are. I pick up the phone, I use BombBomb, I send out emails, I send out snail mails, I'm, I'm speaking. I, you know, there, you just do the work. So making investments is good, even if they're bad investments. In the long run, they're still part of your story. And as long as you do the work and you make the commitment, you'll come out the other side. But 
too many investments are based on somebody else's magic or this magic formula that all I, if, if the thought in your mind is all I need to do is do this and everything will change, that's absolutely incorrect. Go back to those three words, do the work. Um, so listeners, that's, I think, fantastic advice. And for those of our long-term listeners who have been listening to many stories, you'll know that there's six common mistakes that I've identified in all the stories that I've listened to. And they're in order of um, commonality. So the number one most uh, significant mistake that people do, uh, most common mistake, is fail to do their own research. Now, we're talking about a particular investment, but what I've heard from so many people is the exact same words that you said, do the work. When we're investing in something, whether that's a stock, whether that's in our own business, whether that's in the future you know, of our family, we have to do the work. There is no way around it. And the more that you do the work to, to create the presentation, to make the phone calls, to do the things, and not look for a, you know, a silver bullet out there that's going to take you to the moon, uh, then things will come. So I think that's really great uh, advice from you. So now, last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal for the next 12 months is to have the same type of year that I had last year, but a little bit more. I'm really in a good place right now. I'm getting my certified speaking professional designation. My business is doing well. Um, it's speaking when I want to speak and where I want to speak, which is really nice places. But at the same time, not speaking so much that I'm putting my family at risk, that I'm living in airports and being on planes all the time. My goal is to really to have that the, the happy, satisfied marriage that I have with a fabulous spouse and being able to do what I love because right now I'm pretty darn happy. Amen. And there, right there is some true gratitude. Ah, so... Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Lisa, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Be grateful for who you are and where you are right now. Because no matter what you're going through, like it says, this too shall pass. If you're going through a fabulous time right now, this too shall pass. And if you're going through a really bad time right now, this too shall pass. It's all part of the story. And just be thankful for where you are and where you're going. Listeners, if you could see me, my eyes are watering. I appreciate it very much, Lisa. That's a great message. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.